basically yesterday, one of the first things during the court is that the respondents and the applicants are presenting the arguments. So um, the applicant is the Amadio Crisis Committee, and the lawyers are presenting the, uh, the case for, and the respondents are the DMR and the mining company. The interesting thing, actually, about this specific case is that the Amadiwa Crisis Committee were consulted. So the proper processes that the DMR put forth about mining companies going to specific communities and stating that, hey, mining is going to take place, has happened in Tolobeni. The important thing here is that the Amadiwa Crisis Committee or the Amadiwa Coastal Community is saying, we don't want any mining. So what's happening right now is that the DMR and the um, Australian Mining Company are not listening. And this is why we're at court. We want them to listen to the Amadiba Crisis Committee. The Amadiba Crisis Committee say, yes, you've come. You've consulted us several times, but we don't want any mining. The development that you're putting on the table is a development that's going to lead to environmental degradation, displacement, right, and no form of economic uh, growth for the community members themselves. Mr. Pato, the community is, however, divided on this matter, aren't they? Yes. So, I mean, so the thing is that the, the community members are divided about this, and I think it's a, the division is based on the different community members' understanding of development. The problem in South Africa is that the popular narrative is we told that Development means an introduction of, for example, mining. So community members think that when a mining company comes, they're going to be given employment, roads will be built, sports stadiums will be started, and malls and hotels and so on and so forth will come. But what community members are not told is that a road is only built when when mining starts so that the minerals can be transported to the different ports. So, for example, if you're mining coal, we're building roads in Vit, in, in Vitbank so that we can transport the coal to Richard Bay Port. That's the main reason. And community members are not told that. Community mm. members are told there will be employment. There won't be employment. Other people will be brought in to work on the mine. It won't directly be the community themselves working at the mine. And of course, the thing that we usually sweep underneath the rug is the environmental degradation that comes with mining. And this is why the Amadiba Crisis Committee is divided, because of the different definitions and understanding of what development is and what development looks like. Well, given those different understandings and interpretations, why should uh, the DMR and the court, for that matter, uh, place more emphasis on uh, what the one part of the community wants as opposed to the other? Or how would you like to see them weigh this up? We, we, in 1994, we were told that the people will rule, the people shall govern. We're living in a democratic country. And one of the things that democracy speaks of is a majority vote, right? The Medieval Crisis Committee are many, they're vast. The Medieval Crisis Committee is just not one community on the wild coast. The Medieval Crisis Committee consists of different communities in the wild coast. It started in the early 2000s, and they believe that their fight against mining won't work if they scatter. So they need to unify and be together. But I mean, of course, with any form of struggle, there will be those that are for or against something. What's very important here is that a community is coming out and saying, we don't want your dirty development. We have clean and sustainable alternatives. And I tell you right now, 
some of the community members that are against um, that are against what the Amadeo Crisis Committee is advocating, as soon as we put the alternatives on the table and show them how sustainable their alternatives are, there will be evidence to them that mining doesn't need to be something that's proposed in the Amadiba. The unfortunate thing right now is that we are continuously told, we are shown teachers of how communities are prospering, but we are not shown the dirty things and the dirty consequences that come out of mining. We hear community members saying that if people in Gauteng prosper, therefore it can prosper, we can prosper in Kolobeni with titanium. And that is not true, because there's different mining infected communities that have horrifying stories of what mining has done in their communities. That is why we are working on developing sort of exchange programs. That is why right now, different mining communities are in Pretoria with the Amadiba Crisis Committee, and they're learning from each other. Because now mining affected communities, for example, in Jezbob, for example, in Duduza, can say, you know what, Amadiba, keep on pushing for this security order, because look at what's happening in our backyard. We didn't have the opportunity to say no. You must push for this. And that was the coordinator of the Southern Africa campaign to dismantle corporate power, Kiamohetu Sipato. And, of course, uh, that question of uh, free, prior and informed consent uh, making a crucial uh, part of the deliberations yesterday in this particular case. And as uh, Kiamohetu indicated there, uh, the mining-affected communities, various mining-affected communities from across the country, uh, they will be leaving the court uh, to protest outside the Department of Mineral Resources and uh, hopefully there will be further updates later on in the day on that situation. Meanwhile, the community of Kolobeni in the wild coast of Mbizana and the Eastern Cape are divided over the proposed titanium mining project uh, in their community. Amadiba Crisis Committee has taken the Mineral Resources Department to court, as we've just heard, to try and stop the project. And our reporter Nkululeko Nyembezi visited Kolobeni and filed this report. The Kolobini area, an Antarctic coastal land covered with flora and fauna, many people living at villages in the area say they are dependent on subsistence farming and government social grants. They say their resistance to allow titanium mining is informed by cultural beliefs as they don't want their ancestral graves to be tempered with. They argue that tourism and agriculture are preferred forms of development if government is serious about improving their lives. Nungangi Soyalo says... The project won't help the communities, instead it would divide them. I'm very worried about the great grandfather's graves. These people came and told us there are only three graves there. That really baffles my mind because there are many graves in the land. And the other thing is that these people are coming from Australia to come and take our land. We say no to many. We have our great father's land graves here and don't want them to be Meanwhile, another group is fully behind the proposed mining, saying it will create job opportunities, bring infrastructure roads, clinics, electricity, and other significant programs closer to the people. Some of them had this to say. 
demand can be full to What is it that will change the lives of people here? We need mining to help our children. We don't have jobs here. I wish to have this mining before I die because I know how important is the mining to our people. These people are supported by the white people. Government must know that and take decisions that will favor people who are not going to hear from these people. Here we don't have colleges. Our children have to travel to other provinces like Wazunatara and the Cape. No, we cannot live like this. Mafumba Tanzimakwe, who is a security guard at Edechale that are located on the edge of Nyameni River mouth, says tourism has created a lot of job opportunities in the area. White people live here and they help us to get whatever we want. They don't charge us for staying here. They contribute money to social activities and they even supported the trip of our people from here to North Gauteng High Court. There are few people that went to Gauteng to defend our land because we don't have enough money. We live on agriculture. If you remove us here, how else some unemployed youths in the area have different views about the proposed mining in the area? I, I've studied human resource management and I've finished it on 2015. Since then, there's nothing happening, no job, nothing. So if the, the mine was here, maybe by now I will be driving my PM. I'm not sure if I want mine or not because I'm still young. I belong under my parents. I don't have a house. If I had my own house, I would have to say, no, I don't want to mine here in my land because... This land gives us money. Like last week, I, I cut this grass and I sold it. I got 1,000 rand with this grass. Amadiba Crisis Committee spokesperson non Tuma says they have decided to approach the court as they believe it will be objective. The land, it means everything to us. That is why we said no matter what, we're not going to allow the mining company to take place. No matter what the judgment a rule, but we'll continue to defend on the ground. Because um, as I said, even if the court can rule in favor of the mining company. We just promised the world that, but on the ground, we'll keep doing the same thing to block the mining because the land, it belongs to us, not anybody else. The court ruling will give direction to both anti-mining group and pro-mining group. I'm Gruda Kunyembezi, Bizana Eastern Cape. We are joined on the line by mining and labor analyst Mamukheti Molopiane. Thanks for your time this afternoon. Good afternoon. So first and foremost, what are the processes that must and should be followed uh, with the community in issuing of licenses for mining? Well, government always, I mean, a company will have an interest, will, ex- will, will explore, will make studies, will check uh, what resources are there, then they'll make their application to the Department of Mineral Resources. And along with the in that application, they would have indicated that they have engaged the community and the, the department will grant them the right to go further and, and, and do more inspection on whatever they want, the land that they want to mine on, but still have consultative processes. So it goes through various stages of consultative process between the department, between the, the interested company, between the community, or anybody really who has a, a, a interest or anybody who is on that land. So, but often the department has made it clear in its um, in its laws that um, it owns the mineral rights of of our minerals. No specific person, no mamukati or 
or, or, or the community or anybody owns the rights, but the state has the right to that. And so it's not surprising, therefore, that this fight has emerged between those who have the means and who are about production, which is the company, and the community who finds themselves at odds. As your reporter, your insert there with the community said, on the one hand, you have young people in that community who feel different, indifferent about it. On the other, you have elderly people who are very much attached to land and do not want mining. On the other hand, there are people who say, well, if it brings jobs or if it brings some sort of economic activity in our area, we don't have a problem with that. So that, unfortunately, has worked to the advantage of the company because it means the community is divided. Mm. And uh, just with regard to the issue of consultation now, it seems as though there has been an attempt uh, to consult with community members, but according to counsel uh, for those who are opposed to this mining activity, they say that that consultation, uh, the outcome of that was not positive. So what needs to happen now? Because uh, those members opposed to this mining action are, of course, saying you cannot go ahead without our consent. So where does this leave the DMR? It leaves them facing the court as we have seen now this um, case is before courts and they are going to the courts might give an indication as to how must the DMR proceed with this. However, and it's important that I, I highlight this, the DMR in its representation yesterday said it does not need to consult with the community. The, the lawyers who are speaking on behalf of the DMR said that. And I think it's unfortunate that that's the tone that's coming from the DMR, given that historically communities have always said we were not formally engaged. You might have spoken to one leader who is a tribal leader or a traditional authority, and you assumed they represented us. And we have seen historically also that often one leader does not necessarily mean they represent the views of all the communities or the interests of the community for that matter. So I, I thought that is an unfortunate approach in terms of the DMR. I think it is giving them, it would have given the DMR a chance to hold these processes. I know they had said there was an 18-month moratorium on the matter, but I think it must go back. They must try and find ways of engaging the communities more. And I know one of you, some of your listeners might say, but why are the communities being so difficult? We, we have an economy that's not creating jobs. Surely these mines are going to bring jobs. But it's much more than that, because it's going to mean some of them, their ancestral land, uh, uh, they have to be moved from them. They're their graves have to be moved. That means how they were used to doing things, uh, uh, their the agricultural land, activities yeah. yes, are going to be moved. Their land will never recover from mining activities, as we have seen with various environmental studies that are now currently going on in Gauteng since the discovery of gold. Until now, Gauteng is is, 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 has a problem of, of of mine drainage because of activities in mining. So it, it's going to change that whole area. And mm. so those representing the community have have a very firm argument to say, yes, we might be desperate for economic activities so that we can sustain our lives. However, it cannot come at the cost of leaving us with a polluted land, of removing us from our land, perhaps more importantly, of taking land from us.